0: Dedicate the chanting to Savannah Tanawara's mom, who's kind of some operations today. My apologies. That, <laughs> uh, was sitting right in front of me. Like this is the community retreat. Uh, everybody uh, who's a member of this community then participates. This is the intention. And uh, then you, this is a way of operating as a community, not as a separate individual. <coughs> This is also a skill that needs to be cultivated because sometimes in the Western world we're not, we're so individual or independent, we don't operate well uh, in communities or families. As you can see, just the divorce rate in the West, how nuclear families, even with you know, mother, father, and two kids can operate as one, but always individuals doing their own thing. <clears throat> one of the benefits of monasticism is that it, it's, a, it's a communal effort. We have this in monastic, in monasteries, of this real sense of uh, Sangha. And uh, I mean, in a, a kind of visible sangha, not just a, a kind of refuge in some, some kind of abstract idea of sangha. Uh, it's so visual in the fact we wear the robes and shaven head. And it's uh, even though it's not the bhikkhu sangha or the monastic sangha, that's the refuge as such. It is a it is a reminder of Sangha, of community, of, of the human community, rather than this uh, obsession with oneself. In the Theravada system, we can become so obsessed with ourselves. My practice and <clears throat> my process, I hear these words all the time, my process my practice, <coughs> my meditation, <coughs> which oftentimes doesn't include anyone else in it, it's kind of <coughs> so so interested in oneself that that you don't even know how you're affecting the rest of the community. <coughs> So these are blind spots, oftentimes. And at this time, this two-week retreat, it's uh, I really appreciate this, uh, the really surrendering, coming, totally committing yourself to this communal effort. Talked to someone yesterday who was interested in doing his own practice, not in joining in the community. And I could sympathize with that also, but then afterward I felt very kind of angry. I felt this, uh, this is wrong to, to think only of yourself, your own practice, without any interest at all in the community, in supporting the community. I want to reflect this back <clears throat> as something that I find personally very offensive and, and uh, which I can't can't really support. <clears> then <throat> someone who's ill. Somebody that's a different thing. Like Ajahnarato has been quite ill, so I his, his absence is not uh, any kind of selfish determination to do his own practice. <clears throat> I don't think that one could ever accuse Ajahnarato of anything, anything like that. Just contemplate this, you know, what like community, Sangha Just that that perception. So, like a Sangha is, is not, uh, a person, but it's a refuge. It's not, it's, it's Supatipano, ujupatipano those who practice in the right way, the straight, the direct way, <coughs> properly. So, mindfulness is, uh, you know, the sense of awakened attention is the awareness includes so if we're in a community it includes the community it's not where it's my own practice I think in terms of my practice that doesn't necessarily include anyone else mean that's mine and it none of your business kind of feeling <coughs> and if I hold to that perception of my practice, Getting my samadhi, my process, my meditation. So then, that's one way of looking at it, and that also I'm not condemning that, but just no, just uh, observing what that uh, the result of holding to such a view and uh, sense of refuge in the sangha. Sangka then, sangha Sangha then is is not mine. Is, it's not my sangha. But it it includes in and, and this term, in and in and this way, this time, at this very moment, this is uh, including uh, a very visual sangha. <coughs> it's not. You know, one can live alone in a flat in London and take refuge in the sangha, but it's. It's more a kind of uh, an imagined tanga. But this is quite a, you know, visual, tactile tanga, right, right in front of us. <coughs> so that's an important. That's a that's a very uh, useful thing to have, you know one can live in abstractions on ideals about Sangha and refuge in the Sangha but then the reality of it miss, miss completely because one is doesn't really, maybe one lives one's life uh, maybe you live your life on your own terms you know my practice and I take refuge in the Sangha and it's kind of like I might go to the temple now and then to, to take refuge in the Sangha Or, you know, in the Vipassana communities, they are very much keen on this word Sangha, (coughs) describing themselves as Sangha. And yet each lives their own lives according to the way they want. You know, there's not a sense of communal effort that is so obviously present, as they, in this existing community. We all have our own limitations as individuals, as karmic formations. So some people are very uh, sensitive to Sangha, to the group. Other people are just totally insensitive. You know, some some members of this community <laughs> don't seem to notice or care about anything uh, about the rest of the community. So concentrated and focused in themselves. And others are sensitive, too much, too sensitive. Every nuance, every flutter of every git almost throws them. (laughs) I mean, are character tendencies. I put this under the category of character tendencies. So in terms of the the insensitive ones, then they the, you know the effort needs to to expand that sense uh, from just me and my practice, getting my samadhi, getting my thing together, to uh, how is my life here in the community? How <coughs> how does it affect the others? You know how can I serve they things like how can I serve the community and how how to uh, question how I affect the community? Each one, each single member of this community has its effect on the rest. You know, you're not an island onto yourself that lives totally in a way that has no effect on the rest. That's the that's the 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 importance of communal life. You know, it, it has its problems, and the fact that if you live alone, you you get more peaceful because uh, you aren't being affected by all the other members. So, like being a hermit was my idea is I will I get too affected by the other members, the other people I'm living with. And uh, so, being alone in a in a little grass-roofed kind of thatched roof. Japanese-style cootie by a waterfall, <coughs> writing haiku poetry, and contemplating the meaning of life, living in a state of of oneness <coughs> with nature. And that's the romantic ideal. I love to be super duper. You know, just imagine getting out of all this, all these unpleasant, unresolved things that I have around people, just this bypass You know, get away from it, go to this idealic place, and then uh, get enlightened. You know, be practice and get the samadhi, the enlightenment, and the rest of one's life. One is just blissfully writing profound haikus that get recorded later on and get published by Shambhala or Wisdom. <clears throat> no, that's a rather beautiful image for me then I've never been able to kind of uh, make yeah. that happen for myself uh, as I've said many times every effort I've had in that direction has been a disaster for me <clears throat> either I get sick very sick and almost die or I or something outside comes in and disrupts the whole thing and uh, So my determination to make that happen have ended up in uh, <coughs> in a failure. I haven't been able to do it. So then I get the point. At least I learn from the from the things I do failures. <laughs> at least I try to. So this uh <coughs> became apparent about my my trying to make my life what I want it to be. And then I gave up doing that. I decided that's not, uh, that is not, that doesn't work for me. <coughs> position in the Sangha then say and from being the abbot uh, abbot in this monastery then they asking how can I serve this community as the abbot then uh, apply that to whatever position you're in whether it's a senior junior novice lay person living here <coughs> And it's not a matter of, of having a high position or having a position at all, but how the question, the reflection is, how can I serve the Sangha in the position I'm in? So even so an, an abbot has, that's a question an abbot has to ask himself. But not thinking that. I'm Abbott. You've got to obey me. Uh, I'm the boss now. I get first choice of the food. The cows are all mine. Everything belongs to me. And that's a tyrant, <laughs> a t- tyrannical sign. And so, in the the sense of serving in the uh, position, even fr- from the top position the, at the top of the hierarchy it's not a privileged position in the sense of it's all just uh, you know you 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 get what you want and you control everything that's a tyranny but it's highly responsible one how to serve the community as the abbot of amaranti Then there's, with awareness, isn't it? a uh, point that includes. This is uh, then the, then the sangha belongs in the awareness. Every member, every one, you know, is included. It's not uh, exclusive. So this is a reflection Reflection on the point that includes sati These words, sati then, is uh, sati, is uh, generally translated as mindfulness. It's being able to bring into consciousness the way it is, like you know, it's the reflective ability of the mind. So it has to do with memory, just by noticing, you know, the, the way it is. You, you can observe well the candles are lit, the intent, the the feeling is like this, the atmosphere. That's uh, its ability to to pay attention to know the way it is and that's uh, as I keep repeating it's not it's not a uh, comparing the way it is with some ideal of what should be it's It's, uh, it's like this the breath is like this the inhalation is like this exhalation is like this the way it is we can go in the and then you can go to you know to various things you notice the the general Atmosphere, the ambience of the moment, the, the mood or the or the the particular sensation, physical posture, breath, sound of silence, this is all sattvi and then sampachanya is is uh, it's only translated as clear comprehension, which didn't have, never meant anything to me. Sampachanya was a word that I just kind of repeated like a parrot for years and years. And you hear it all the time in Thailand, they say sati sampachanya, sati sampachanya. Then you get the English, uh, translation, which is clear comprehension, which meant nothing to me, really. <coughs> and then, uh, the Thai was, Quam to a prom, which is a little better <laughs> than clear. Con- I mean, I mean the problem with English it it, may, it tends to go and it, it's a very abstract way of looking at things. <coughs> Just like like the uh, ehi Pasico translation of ehi partico, encouraging investigation. Now that's. That doesn't have the immediacy of come and see, does it? Ehi yeah. passico means, uh, you know, come and see. So, it, you know, it means to so kind of encourage us to investigate the moment. And it, so it kind of goes off the track a bit. It means it doesn't have the intensity, the kind of imperative quality of ehi of So then, sampannya as as uh, intuitive awareness, so the tathat This this works for me. This seems to be. Then sampannya really comes to life. It, I know what it is. It's not just some kind of. Well, you know, if you if you're really mindful, you get you have clear comprehension of things. You know, you kind of can see clearly. You have clear moments of, uh, and on and on like that. And clear comprehension doesn't do a thing for me, actually. But intuitive insight you know, is a, the sense of knowing everything in the moment. Like in the Thai quam ru, ru tua tua prom it's like it's just the sense of everything in the, in the present. Is like this. I mean, it has this this point that includes rather than this and then that and then you know we think of maybe sati is I just notice the breath and then then I notice uh, you know so I'm mindfulness of the inhalation and then exhalation and then that so it's kind of this idea of going skipping from one thing to another or just focusing on one one thing that's in the present you know so I just absorb into the breath. Uh, as as sati. But Sati Sampachanya allows everything to be what it is, including its it's our ability to reflect on, to just awaken, observe, you know, really reopen to the way it is. As, as a whole, because intuitive awareness, one can get this sense of whole, the whole and the, and the, and the detail. Now, I mean it, if you, if you get that sense of the whole, then, then the details have perspective. But if you're just caught in details, you know, just going from one detail to another, then it, one little bit, one particle, and you, you never get a sense of the whole. And so you, you, you can just lose your way, get caught in your own kind of nitpicking practice of that doesn't include anything but just the detail that you're particularly interested in in the moment. And so like Sangha then has this sense of including everybody. The whole Sangha rather than me and my my rights, my privileges as a member of this sangha should be. You know, it's like a, the the Western mindset, isn't it? I have my rights in this sangha. You know, I want so we we can the the this very obsession with rights and asserting oneself and being oneself and 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 uh, this this is uh, very much the. The mood of the time, of asserting oneself, one's self-importance, one's rights, and so that—that that is not to be despised either. But also, as an end in itself, not very nice. If all you do is assert your rights and get what you want out of life, but then the—the the sense of Service, and offering, uh, working within the structure rather than always rebelling against the structure because it doesn't suit your ideal. You know, some of you find it very difficult to live in in monastic uh, hierarchical structures. You resent the fact that you it's not everything's not equal, and so you. You can spend a lot of time resisting and, and resenting and making a problem about it. But the Sampachanya then allows us to see that, how we resent if I, if I feel I'm in an inferior position, how I resent that. One can use that rather than make it into a cause celeb of one's life. To devote oneself towards trying to attain equality in the sangha as some as a, as an ideal that how things should be. The, the important issue is is how to use the existing structures, the conventions, for awareness, rather than trying to always make the structure perfect, that it that make the a perfect structure, perfect convention that that suits everybody, that, that pleases everybody, and that, of course, I think is an impossibility. I've never seen one yet. That, uh, just not uh, within the ability of conventional reality to be something that everybody sees in the same way and appreciates and loves in the same way. So then, uh, the humbling, more humble, the more beautiful. To me, that's beautiful. How can I serve the sangha rather than, than, uh, what can I, what can I get out of this place? What can I get from this? What can I, how much can I get out of this situation here for myself? Another abbot <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've got a lot of power now, I uh, can really, uh, what can I get, you know, how can I get my way here, to me that that is not a mental state that I respect, or in myself, Mm -hmm. doesn't fulfill my need for a sense of honor and nobility, what can I get, how can I use a situation for my own benefit. So then, the, then the uh, sense of how can I use this situation for the benefit of the sangha, well, that appeals to me. That touches my heart. So this communal retreat is how to serve the Sangha during this communal retreat because we we actually when we meditate together we affect each other. And so Sati Sampatanya allows us to see this. You know, even if you know, if some people like to rather be alone and and don't like sitting in groups and Others are the opposite. I mean, it's not. there's no way that you should feel about it. but use the existing conditions for awareness rather than try to get the conditions that you like for yourself. You know, this is a way of opening to the way it is rather than, because you may not like the way it is right now, try to control the situation to get what you want. Which is not a liberating mental state, does not lead to onward, but it leads towards just uh, missing the point. Sometimes it's very, very dis- despairing. Sometimes when people, when what people say to me uh, brings me to a sense of despair sometimes, miss the point. ever yeah, talking about such a Then somebody will come in and just blame somebody else for their for their for their unhappiness or their loss of faith in the sangha. And go, you know, I had such faith in the sangha, and then I came here, and now I feel, you know, so these people aren't good enough, and they don't do it right, and they just then they, they, and after I've been reflecting like this, they still don't see it. You know, they think they know, they can be so convinced they know the path. And yet, still totally believe in, in the, the things they create around the way it is. The fact that it, it isn't, you know, mm-hmm. the. When you when you first come here, well, it, it, you can idealize it. Monastic monks, nuns as ideals. Buddhist monastic life as it should be sounds so beautiful, you know. Sounds if, if you create the paint the proper picture, create the image. It sounds so, you can create a very beautiful picture, of, you know, Buddhist monastics sitting in samadhi and. Uh, you know, with blissful look on their face and lovely trees and flowers and little squirrels jumping about and deer sitting nearby and these kind of idealized pictures you see in Thai temples in the Ethan where the background, you know, the Buddha sitting under the Bodhi tree and little deer in the background and little squirrels, and monkeys and waterfalls, and everything's green and pretty. Mm. So then in the living in the community, you know, the sense of personal irritation, and we when you're living together we're going to irritate each other let's face it that's part of it that's part of life <coughs> I can't imagine living in a community where we're just all just so we don't irritate each other at all so the you know when you've got plastic monks and nuns and they don't irritate each other mm-hmm. Then, uh, sangha also, we've got to allow this is a Sangha here that has, you know, so many of the, especially the bhikkhus are senior, you know, terrors. Uh, so then if the junior members, uh, you know, they think, you know, the junior members, uh, those are like Samanera's uh, Anagarikas, then uh, Recognize that you're in a training system. You can't put terrors into the training program. <laughs> <laughs> they don't need, they need time. Um, you know, they need a sense of being able to, to live in a community without being in a continuously, continuing like boot camp atmosphere. Well, in, uh, here at Amavati trying to, to, uh, Allow this place to be where where senior members of the sangha can come and not feel they have to, you know, where they can, you know, have the freedom to to practice and and develop according to their own insights. You know that they have by that time or ten years they've got enough. Inside of experience behind them, you've got to allow them to, to uh, give them the space and the encouragement to practice and develop. For, uh, say, under five masa, monks, nuns under five masa, or the the samaneras, or the anagarikas, anagarika. Then, this is it's the training part is still very much a part of your life. Learning to, uh, willingness to be trained, willingness to serve, uh, to conform, to obey, uh, to to you know, to reflect on your position and how to to make that a benefit to yourself and the community. Without ma- trying to live here on your own terms, you know, the, I've come here and I want to practice and I want to. I don't want to do this. Don't want to work in the kitchen. Don't want to do do something. I you know, I've come here to get my practice together, and then uh, and that completely completely unaware of how that affects the rest or communal life and what communal life is all about. So the agreement, say, with with Samaneras and Anagarikas, male and female, you get so tired of saying Anagarikas, Anagarikas. <laughs> <That> <laughs> but it's politically incorrect to just use anagari car. I and mean, cars would be offended, I think. <laughs> but, but this is the way modern mindsets work. But the, the, uh, this is a commitment when you, when you, when you take the the Bhapa or the Eight Precepts. The idea is to be trained, to to serve, to train. It's not to just practice. According to the, you didn't come here to just practice and have a free space to get a free meal and practice in. One might feel like that, but then this is the, p- the point, is to recognize this, this, uh, of, you know, what did, what did we come here for? Why are we here? Some of you have very strong sense of support and serving and and sense of community and, and that is you know that always that really holds it together that that really gives a sense of connection and holding together. When you get a community too many of eccentrics, uh, each doing their own thing, then like it used to be. Amavati was seemed to be before a place just full of eccentric. Especially the monks, each doing every uh, with their own thing, you know, that reference to the whole. And uh, it used to be, you know, there's no sense of the sangha life here. Was 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 pretty dreary because, there, you know, ev- everybody was so involved with their own projects. <coughs> So when you live in a community of eccentrics, it, it, you know, it's, it isn't a very pleasant way to live. Because, uh, you just it always, uh, you know, there's no sense of, of real, uh, sense of harmony is not possible. You can go through the manipulating the forms, according to Vinaya, have the patimoka and still be totally out of harmony while everybody's sitting there you know, reciting the 227 rules, but probably each mind is thinking about something else. <laughs> you know, so it's, uh, even the the conventions we have, the ceremonies we have, which hold together, which are meant to kind of bring together, can be kind of dreary experiences. Patimoka can be just something you put up with, you know. You, you go to every fortnight and hope it gets, you know... That the, the Padimokha Charter does it fast, get it over with. And, uh, because you've got to do it, kind of feeling. Or it can be a real sense of, uh, samaki, of, of unity, of commitment, uh, amongst bhikkhus. Strong sense of, of a common commitment to a holy life, an aspiration. this this perception of Sangha community into consciousness like anything like any other thing it can be we can just yeah Sangha and then dismiss it not really know what we expect or mean by it or how it affects us how does a community affect me how does this this community you know just there's a question asking myself, just to be observe how my karma, the karmic habits, how they react to living in, with this community. Uh, and the sakti sampatanya, awareness of, of, uh, of that. Maybe I don't even know, maybe I've never asked the question, you know. so like a formal community retreat this is uh, the perception for these till the 24th of March and of course it doesn't mean that the sense of community stops (laughs) after But it's uh, like an opportunity to really, you know, contemplate that community, both the reality of it as we experience it, and our attitude. What we, you know, what kind of attitude do I have about it? What do I assume or expect from it? You know, and just to be aware of that, you know. I can see in, you know, in the past how I just want the community to be in harmony because I, I felt, you know, very threatened when there was disharmony. You know, I felt, you know, very upset or very threatened and, and, uh, when, when people, when there were any disharmonious People or the th- harmony, wa- the that wasn't in harmony. So then, I could hear myself thinking, "What? I want harmony. I want peace. I want harmony. I want you all to live in harmony." Well, I could hear the inner scream, the kind of demand, "Please!" Because I, I feel so threatened and 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 uh, so uh, despairing if it isn't this way. You know, if it's, it's, it's just harmonious, I don't know how to cope with. It. So I could see a kind of Demand, personal demand on everybody to be harmonious for my sake. You know, if I, if I really listen, you know, take that to ad absurdum, then it's like a demand. I want you to be harmonious, peaceful, practice hard, obey the rules, because then I feel safe. And, uh, and, and I, and it, I don't feel so upset. It looks good. You know, like going to that parade in Sri Lanka and those marvelous, marvelous uh, Sri Lankan soldiers, you know, parade of of Mm -hmm. precision, you -hmm. know, everybody moving in step, their rifles moving all in the same direction, nobody, no eccentrics in the Sri Lankan army. And the sergeant major is a really impressive man. He had a m- very nice mustache, a black mustache, and he was kind of slim and and had this kind of very confident air and this voice that would resonate. And attention! <laughs> a brilliant show. Very impressive to look at. But then you can't live like that, can you? <laughs> they were cadets in training, by the way. <laughs> my experience in military life after after the cadet training it all falls apart and my experience in the navy the the the, the most inspiring period of my of my Navy life was the boot camp. And there were really, you know, 13 weeks of uh, really, you know, physical ordeals, obstacle courses, training and being shouted at and learning to march and step and, and do all kinds of things, you know. And, but the end of the day, it was really, you know, I felt really like, you know, part of a of a crack company. Felt really proud of myself. And then after that, Navy just was an experience of mediocrity, and gripes, and complaints, and, and half-hearted efforts, and dreariness. Uh, it's like that time mentality. it, it uh, If it has no purpose, it's just kind of going on, and it drifts into just endless complaining, and... Uh, just getting by, you know, you, you don't put forth much effort, you just kind of get by so nobody gives you a bad time. So that, the four years of that, that was really, really, uh, really left quite a strong impression, I mean, of having to, you know, of how depressing that was. Just doing things half-heartedly, getting by, you know, well, get up in the morning and do things, you know, just, uh, just half-hearted life, depressing, pointless. But it isn't a, a request to, you know, the Sangha life is a different, a goal is different, isn't it? So, not trying to, to condition you into, you know, everybody marching in step and giving the appearance of there's harmony and unity because we're all, we're, we're all, we all have the same, we all say the same thing, dress the same way, and, and, and kind of, Move as one unit. And that can be just done through terror, terrorizing you. You know, through reward and punishment conditioning. And that ends up what? Just more misery. So that this, you know, Sangha life is, isn't its purpose, is, is the outward conformity is here, you know, the sense of the, the, the structure. Dhamma Vinaya. Structures like this. And then the, then with that reference, we, it reflects our own reactions to the structure. <clears throat> and the important thing is to trust in the awareness rather than, than in ideas you have about surrendering to the form and how you should be and keeping all the rules and and being uh, you know this impeccable samana that that uh, you know does all the right things and looks right and is harmonious and peaceful and doesn't cause any trouble uh, that you know that's not the point I'm not asking that of you but to, to uh, you know the, the structure is like this you know the boundaries the 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 form to get to know the form the the limitation the boundary is like this and that takes sati sampachanya and then how we we re- react to it or respond to it you know if you if you if you actually you know can get that sense of the whole structure the the style, the lifestyle. And then be aware of the of the uh, reaction to it. It's like this. I'm not saying there's sh- uh, any way to react. Just the way you do react is to be the awareness of it. So Sampatanya allows this. It's it's either like we when we used to do this uh, body sweeping. You know, they talk about you know you start from the tip of the nose and then you go up to the top of the head and then you you work down the sensations as you sweep around and down 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 to the to the soles of the feet and then back up and then then you're supposed to do sections like right leg, left leg or something. Then then waist down from the Navel down to the soles of the feet. You could do it in, you do it in detail and then in th- sections and then the sense of the whole body. And that always baffled me. The sense of the whole body is what? <laughs> you know, I could easily, you know, not without too, too, too great difficulty, uh, y- yeah, you know, knowing the, what's going on in the sole of my right foot. The You know, through the bits and pieces that I can trace the sensation to the body, but sense of the whole body—that's a real intuitive sense, isn't it? And so, in this this awareness, you know, the sense of holding this this, this open, receptive sati Sampatanya uh, that embraces everything. So the body's embraced. Isn't it? The body belongs as a whole in its present moment. And the details that are present in the body also belong. And the breath. And the mood. And the conditions, whatever they might be good or bad. Sound of silence belongs. Here and now, isn't it? It's not it's not something that that we create into the present. We're not kind of making something up and then projecting it into the present. sati Sampachanya allows us to just be aware of the way it is. Then I notice the the sound of silence is a constant factor in the present where the sense of the whole body is hard to sustain. You know, it takes some effort to sustain that. But this this, uh, sense of the sound of silence as the background sustains itself. I don't have to sustain it. You know, I don't have to kind of make it into anything. It's not a perception. You know, so it is not something I'm creating. So it, as you Rest in it. You kind of seek it as a reference because it's here, and it and it has this continuity, this stream-like. Notice that this word "stream" is is very much a part of the the spiritual jargon. Stream entry, or stream of consciousness, is a sense of the stream rather than some kind of absolute fixed point. You know, some kind of when you when when we think, then we can kind of absolutize something, make it like it's permanent. You know, fixed as as a perception that we create in the mind. But in the reality of this present moment, is there's this resounding silent stream in the background. A conti- that has a continuity. And from that, then you can can notice the the whole body, or the details, or the the energetic <coughs> experience that you have in the present. You know the the energies and the feelings, the mood. So Sati Sampachanya is, uh, you know, those two poly words are very, because they come to life for me now in this way. Where mindfulness, clear comprehension remains, it kind of didn't really, didn't didn't register all that much. didn't, didn't have reached the heart, didn't, you know, it kind of a general Supposing attitude about them, but this is where you know they're only words, and they're 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 pointing at at something, you know, at at a reality. Whether you use intuitive awareness or sati sampanna or whatever, that's not the point. The thing is to get in touch with the reality, of it. What is it, you know, in terms of now? experience now